If you're over 40 and want to be the best version of yourself, Fit Over 40 with Coach Clarence is here to help. Clarence Ferguson is a seasoned loan officer, fitness expert, personal chef, and entrepreneur who leads a revolution of men and women who want to live their best life going into middle age. Inspiring dialogue, challenging topics, and industry leaders are here offering tips and how-tos to improve your life. Now, here's Coach Clarence. All right, welcome to Fit Over 40 with Coach Clarence, and um, I have two distinguished guests in the building today, and uh, I'm going to start with my first guest, Nancy Meek. She's the co-founder of the Women's 360, founder of the Scottsdale Wine Club, managing business. I can't even read this, but I'll have you explain it, but it looks like some kind of mortgage lending thing. (laughs) (laughs) Also with Kathy Droz, she is the president of Her Certified, and she is the co-founder of that of Women360. So you guys are partners. So Mm -hmm. I like to let people tell about themselves, and then I ask my questions from there. So let's start with you, Nat, since you are a first-timer, and I apologize in advance for the producer, you know. I'll be just fine. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. She's coming at you. <laughs> yeah, she's ready. So oh. yeah, so, it's fun uh, to be here. Yeah, thank you. So what is, uh, let's talk about the Women's 360. Okay. Well, this is something that um, Kathy and I worked on together, and it's a women's group, obviously. We provide a lot of support, education, and it's just turned out to be a fabulous group of gals that all really help each other out. And we're getting ready to launch a bunch of new things as far as more support and education for these gals. And we've been doing classes already and just anything we can do to help them take their life and their business to the next level. And what are, why are you so fond of wine? <laughs> you, you, Who is it? Really? Well, I'm not really a wine drinker. Are <laughs> you not? No. Okay. But I like the memes in your group. It's great. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, that started out as kind of uh, a fun lark because I'm not a sommelier or an expert by any means, but I do enjoy a glass of wine. So sure. we thought that would be a fun thing to put together. So a couple of years ago, I started it and reached out to folks and it just kind of took on a life of its own. And we're now at about 2000 members. And we do um, tastings and all kinds of informal and formal events. We're putting together a Napa trip. So it's a blast. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here. Moving on to a returning rock star here, Kathy (laughs) Droz. What is going on? What's been going on since we saw you last? Well, I think that uh, we know uh, I'm in the automotive industry. And by that, I mean that I train men how to treat women. When they buy a car, which I know you don't need any training whatsoever. So that's a good part, Clarence. But I think COVID made a a big difference in the automotive industry, which, of course, made me pivot uh, to do a little uh, different. And being part of the Women 360, we actually put together uh, dealerships need people to come in, even though they don't have the components and uh, so forth. So we put together something uh, for our events, uh, Heels, Horsepower, and Heroes. And car dealerships open their um, gates, so to speak, to let us put on an event that will um, benefit a nonprofit. Because that's that's kind of our goal. When we do the live events, it has to be to help the community. Mm-hmm. So we talked about last time you were here how that's a male-dominated industry and how you navigate that. Have you you've been in lending, and I'm in lending as well. Mm-hmm. Have you experienced any of that male dominance and kind of giving you a harder time than most? 
I have a little bit. I've been really pretty lucky with the places that I've worked doing that. And now I'm more in the business development end of it than the loan officer part. But um, it was a lot more traditionally male for a while. I think it's it's catching up a little bit now. When you say business development, are you out getting business marketing? Are you teaching loan officers how to be better loan officers? Kind of a little bit of the marketing, the social media. We do events where we do training for realtors and um, clients. Anything we can do to help make somebody interested in what would be a good way to, you know, do a refinance or bring in business, you know, purchase that kind of thing. But we really are more about giving value and helping. So that's why we do the realtor classes and whatever I can do to let people know who we are and how we can help them. Excellent. Excellent. So, Kathy, um, mm-hmm. I did have a car experience recently. Oh, about, no. I think it's been since, I'm going to say May. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a good experience at all. What happened? Oh, just the sales guy. was. The whole dealership was terrible. And I didn't care. I just needed to get out of a situation I was in, and I just dealt with it. But it was horrible service. Why didn't you call me? It was too late. And it was, it was not, I mean, at that point, it was, it was already a done deal. But, I mean, I got the interest rate and everything I wanted, but it was just the process was The horrible. process. It, and this is recent? Even, May. May of 2012. Okay, so you're thinking with all of the uh, contactless, um, what they've been doing, trying to copy from the Carvanos in the rooms, they've tried to have people at home. I did experience it myself. So around the same time, I decided that um, I had written this ebook, How to Buy a Car in Your Pajamas from Dealership to Driveway. And I didn't want people to be afraid to do contactless through a dealership. You didn't have to go to the others. So I said, well, I better check it out first. So I traded in over the phone. And I purchased a, another used vehicle. Uh, they, so they did the financing quickly. And then the salesperson came to the house, took my car, brought me the other. Um, I didn't have to test drive it because, you know, I kind of knew a little right, bit about that. About yeah, exactly. Um, but I found it to be uh, easy. And I'm sorry you went through that. Well, I did all the same stuff, too. You know, I had my numbers ran. The deal was done. It was going there. He's oh. like, oh, we'll be done in about 30, 40 minutes, which was really six hours later. You're just oh. sitting there. And everybody's going through the same thing. And the guy, the finance guys, is, it's it's all the stereotypes. It, you, know? you, you did. Yeah. And I was, but I, at the point, it was I had already got rid of my other car. And I was just like, whatever. I just got to deal with it. I'm sorry. And you're not a woman. And you still were hassled. That's right. There were women there, and it was the same thing. People were complaining in the break room. And it's the same old stuff. Yeah, it is. So anyway, I think that's going to change. So hopefully if these guys don't get it together, they're going to be out of business soon. It is uh, going to change. I was doing a a webinar last night with a bunch of dealers from around the country, and that's what we talked about. You know, brick and mortar, uh, they're going to go away. And, um, you know, it's it's, it's just inevitable. But um, we'll we'll fix things a little bit while we go. Yeah. So you, um, Nancy, you inspire other entrepreneurs. What are some things that you do when you meet a new client or just somebody who's interested in what you do? What are some advice you give them right off the top? Well, most of what I sort of try to promote is uh, reinvention is one of the subjects that people approach me about a lot because of themselves or yes, their business? reinventing themselves. Okay. And well, she wrote that, a book that usually, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, usually makes a new, <laughs> it makes for a new business as well. But uh-huh. because I've done so many different things after a while, I just sort of got a reputation for that. And folks would come up to me and they'd say, well, how can I, you know, make it 
change and do something so completely different. It's scary. It's, you know, I don't want to leave my comfort zone. I don't want to branch out and fail. So that ends up being a lot of what I advise people about. Mm-hmm. So tell us about the book. All right. Um, I wrote a book just specifically about that. Let me grab it. Anyway, and it's called Ignite the Fire Within, and the tagline is How to Find the Resilience to Reinvent Yourself. Excellent. So what I basically did was interview lots and lots of people that had stories. Men and women or just women? Men and women in okay. this case, yeah. And I have um, everyone from people that were dealing with you know divorce, death, COVID, change of life, being fired, all kinds of things that made them forced themselves to have to reinvent. And then also people like um, Frank Shankowitz's story is in here who started um, Make-A-Wish. Wish, thank you. <laughs> Make-A-Wish. And his was really more motivated by wanting to do something really good for people. And sure. you know, some people just do it out of motivation and they want to have more special purpose in their life. So there are a lot of reasons. And I just wanted to have stories people would identify with and maybe be motivated and understand that if they did it, they can do it too. So where can they find your book? It's on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Everything is on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Everything is on Amazon. Um, it, is it all just, is it audio or is it print or can you get in both ways? Right now it's just um, in print and I want to say probably like Kindle. They Kindle, probably yeah. can do that. Kindle, not audio, but Kindle and print. Okay. Yeah, Very so. good. Very good. Okay. So um, switching over, this is like a tag team, like they're tagging the ones in and one out. <laughs> Kathy, what, okay, so besides uh, the whole car thing and getting your new car, what, are you, what else have you been up to? Um, well, gee, I'm going to tell you exactly what I've been up to. I have been advised that um, it was time. My goal for 2022 was to be on a paid board of directors for a male-dominated company. That was my goal. Car company? Um, any male. I've worked in the wrestling industry. I've worked with law enforcement. I've you know, worked with the NFL. So I'm used to working with men, and I've never had a problem. So I feel that I would do very well uh, on a board. But I wanted to be paid because I have volunteered enough over the years uh, to be on a board. So I'm working on that, is, is putting that together with an executive search for, you know, so I'm hoping by uh, next year, that would be a great goal. So you two both are very accomplished, and you, you've both stated you haven't had a whole lot of trouble, but a lot of women have. I've mm-hmm. talked to a lot of women who have had. What advice would you give them when they're they want to aspire and they want to do better, but they're under that pressure of I got to do this or make this person happy to get to the next level? Well, if you're, I mean, we probably both come from a, a little bit different in that. For me, I uh, certainly, let me just reference the automotive industry. As I tell women, if you have confidence and how you gain confidence, if you're going to go buy a vehicle, just don't go in there and I don't know what I want, et cetera. And you need to do your research, which women are very good at, and to know what they want and to set standards for yourself. One of the conversations last night I had with an all-male dealer is, was the fact that I always, uh, if I was offended by a way a man spoke to me, I would correct them and say, excuse me, I don't appreciate a joke that's off color and you will not address me that way. And I was able to, in six weeks to train over a hundred men on how to treat a woman. But if a woman doesn't say, I don't 
if they just walk away and say, what a jerk, and they do nothing about it, you can't expect there to be change. And I think I touch on that in my book, is that if I've never had problem in male-dominated industries, and, you know, I've I'm not, I mean, certainly I'm 70 now, but I wasn't bad looking in my younger years or big busted. I would think that, you know, why wouldn't, there's no reason to treat me that way. And being blonde, I make it very clear. <laughs> look, I, you know, I always say, look in my eyes, not at my chest. Well, that was when I was 40. Now you would be, have a hard time finding where my chest landed. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, well, all right. You might want to go to Nancy now. Yeah. <laughs> How do I follow that? <laughs> yeah, right. So, oh Nancy, gosh. why are these things so important to your uh, audience, and what do you hope to accomplish with your next phase in your life? Well, the biggest thing I want to do is make change for people, make a difference. And since I have had so many people approach me over the years and ask for advice and such, I just decided maybe there's really something to that. And if I can do it in a more purposeful manner and, you know, make a change for people that maybe need that little push or that little bit of mentoring so that they can make a change in their life. And maybe it is leaving a male dominated industry and doing their own thing. They should figure out what their passion is and, you know, do whatever they need to do coaching wise or training wise to make that happen. Because, you know, we only have one shot at this. You might as well do something that you feel really good about. So a lot of times when people get interviewed, they talk about all the good things about themselves. Tell me some struggles both of you have had. It doesn't matter who goes first. Like a real struggle that caused you to make a, a life switch in your life. Well, for me, and it is in my book, is the fact that I was married for 22 years. That's tough or just that alone. Oh, wait, it gets better. <laughs> gets 22 better. years. I'm surprised you're still here. <laughs> well, I'll be married 50 soon. Oh my so God. <laughs> married 22 years and my husband went through a midlife crisis and we divorced and there I was with three children and he actually, his new job took him out of state. So I was a stay-at-home mom, mm -hmm. um, no college education, and I needed to start over even though he was extremely supportive financially, don't get me wrong, good partner in that sense. But it was like a wake-up call, and what was I? What could I do? But I knew, and it would be like what we're trying to help women with. I knew that I was already president of the PTO. I knew that I could put together a carnival. I figured, you know, why can't I do something else? And uh, took acting lessons, started to do theater, and then um, some TV commercials, etc., and built up my confidence. And um, so for me, that was certainly a struggle. And then I decided um, I was going to start my own business. So with $600 and Midway Chevrolet renting me a spot, um, I started an ad agency for automotive. And in a year, I was making six figures. And that's pivoting, Absolutely. like Nancy in her book. So in fact, I'm in your book, right? Yes, you are. All right. What about you, Nancy? I think really what motivates me a lot that would be considered somewhat traumatic was that I lost my mother at a very young age. And um, she was only 42. I was 21. And that's pretty impactful. But what I remember is because her illness was long and drawn out, it was cancer back in the day when it was even more awful because they had nothing they could do. And she would just talk to me about all the things she wished she had done. And she was never going to get a chance to see or do. And it really stuck with me. And I think that's really one of the reasons why I'm so big of an encourager and to 
find what it is you want to do, make it happen, change your life, reinvent yourself, whatever you have to do, because you really don't know how long you have. So, Clarence, can I say one thing? Sure. It's very interesting about Nancy, and she probably didn't write it down anywhere, is that um, she stayed in a, a career that was very, what do I want to say, very safe dental hygienist for Mm -hmm. so many years, Mm -hmm. but she has done so many other things. And the one that I love the best is training for an EMT. Oh, the fire department. The fire department. (laughs) Where is this on your sheet? I know. (laughs) It's just amazing. And I, do you mind? I want her to tell you how she trained what your husband did. (laughs) This is adorable. I have a very understanding and supportive husband who's been through a million changes with me. And every time he just rolls his eyes and says, what are we doing now? <laughs> so I made up, I, since I was in the dental field, I loved patient care, but I wanted something a little more interesting. And I thought I want to work trauma, you know, be an EMT and go for the fire department so we could do really exciting things. And the test, the physical test for that is pretty consuming. So one of the things you have to do is um, drag a fire hose and run with it. So my poor husband rigs up this thing with a bicycle and an inner tube around my waist. He sits on the bike and I pull him up a hill while he's riding the bed. All the neighbors are looking at us going, this is an interesting workout. I love, it. I love it. And then there's another one where you have to pull a sandbag around like you're dragging a body out of a fire. So he went to Home Depot and bought me this big sandbag and we lived in a cul-de-sac at the time. And so I'm walking backward, pulling this thing around the cul-de-sac over and over. And one of our neighbors drives in and he sees my husband standing there in our yard with his arms crossed watching me and I'm huffing and puffing and pulling this sandbag and the guy rolls down his window and goes, man, why don't you help her? <laughs> so so it, yeah, our neighbors thought we were pretty crazy, but yeah. uh, it was funny. I love it. I just, her stories are great. <laughs> That's a great story. So what I was going to say is I have this concept of a team, but independence inside the team. And the reason I say that over the years, I've had several clients who the man was the breadwinner. They pretty much gave everything to being a mom and kind of just catering him. But then when the divorce came, they had nothing, no work skills, no college. How would you address that? If, you know, what, what do you say to that? Do you think that's important or do you think people should just, hey, support them? partner and not try to do anything for yourself because we think this is going to last. We know statistically things like that don't last. Well, I mean, I would say obviously it's probably pretty individual for different folks. I always felt like I had to have something outside of that just because, again, I needed to have a purpose and I wanted to felt like feel like I was giving something. So for me, I was fortunate that as a hygienist, you can work part-time so I could still be around the kids and go into the classroom and do those things that were important to me as well. It's a tough, it's a really tough job to juggle both. And if you're in a situation where your career is full-time only, I think that's super demanding. But um, a lot of people end up, if they do have that fall through and they get divorced and then they're left with nothing, it can be obviously very hard on your confidence, your self-worth. So if for nothing else... I feel like if you have something that interests you, and even if it's on a volunteer basis, feed that. Because I think that's going to be important for you in life, no matter how it turns out. Definitely. Well, um, the rest of the story is I remarried that man. (laughs) So, um, So I was 
divorced 10 years and then remarried him. So we're going on, if we keep everything together, we don't do subtractions. <laughs> it would be, so 49 years we've been married. Wow. So what I find interesting is even though I did not have, I worked for many years uh, in New York City. I worked as a secretary for Avon. I worked for large corporations, so I knew I had some skills. Let's put it that way. But I have two daughters, and I've always encouraged them. Uh, one went to college, has her master's. The other, no, but had a very good working career. I always say, never depend on the man for your income. Always, man, you know, because these newlyweds, oh, we'll be together. Didn't we all say that? You know, we'll be together forever. You may not be. Have a career. And, and when you look for that spouse or partner, you want them to know ahead of time that, you know, you'll both be working, you have to share. I think so. The younger generation seems to have it together. Well, I think the older generation, if I could say that, um, it, it was usually one person working, the other yeah. person. But things mm-hmm. have changed now where mm-hmm. you need to. You need for to. Some exactly. So. It's not a matter of choice anymore. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Did you want me to tell you more or anything? No, tell me Okay, more. no, that's, <laughs> it. that's <laughs> it. Okay. You're not yeah. shocked that I remarried him? Well, you told me that before. <laughs> you wow. Told me I'm going to start him. interviewing you That's now. That's a great part of the <laughs> hey, story. Bring it. I'm ready. Whatever questions you want to ask, I am good with it. I do have more wine questions for you. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. Yeah. So um, do you plan on starting your own brand of wine? That's really popular now. A lot of people are white labeling or just coming out with a brand that fits them and making money off of it. See a lot of entertainers do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they do. We do like to work with a lot of boutique wineries and promote them and you know bring that in for tastings because people get to try things that are different than they've ever had um we are working on some projects where we're going to do private labeling not on wines that we make but just private labeling both for the business development in the mortgage world and probably you know for the women 360 group at some point too because everybody loves it a yeah. good bottle of wine almost. So yeah, yeah, you, might as well label it and use it, right? <laughs> right exactly. <It's> true. <laughs> um, uh, question for you, uh, Kathy. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that you've been married for 50 years, mm-hmm. what is the secret to stay together that long? Get divorced for 10. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then get back together. Um, I can honestly say that you cannot change someone. I remember my brother saying to me before I got married, he said, you know, make two columns, Kathy, and put one, the things that you really like about this person and the things that you think you can change and just know that you won't be able to change them. And so the things that I believe that we find so endearing and loving uh, when we marry that person, maybe that's why divorce happens is because that changes. But Manny and I both, I don't think we changed as much as we acknowledged. Communication to me is key and honesty. That that to me is, and I can't say, um, I mean, we've worked in the same home now for the last 10 years. Um, we We don't even have lunch together inside the house. I mean, we wait for the end of the day. We have dinner, et cetera. Maybe we chat. So... I think that um, the days of the nagging wife, because I remember my mom's generation, she's, oh, it's such a nag, my dad would say, or someone would say. I don't think that happens anymore. I think that people go their own way. I don't know, Nancy, do you feel like you and I are, are busy? And I mean, your husband has a full-time, her husband is my eye doctor. And that's why I can see so clearly. <laughs> 
That's good. He's doing That's his good. job. He's doing a great job. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, what about the two of you? I mean, you two have a really nice, cute relationship. Did you divorce for 10 years, too? <laughs> no, we did not. Oh, no. We did not. <laughs> we just right. had our 40th wedding anniversary, yeah. but we didn't take a break yet. Right. <laughs> yet. Yet. Yeah, yeah. It's still early. Yeah, he might be like, I heard the podcast. I'm thinking we're going to take some time off. <laughs> No, I figure if he's hung in this long with everything I've put him through, he's probably oh, not going anywhere. Yeah, you have. But. So me and Laura were talking about this the other day, uh, social media and, and how people can be bullied or shamed or even built up. And both of you guys seem to manage it pretty well. What are you saying to someone who's getting bullied? or I mean, you have to see some of the stuff people post, you know. It's a lot of attention. It's a lot of false attention, or it's just negative. You know what? Do you, yeah. And this is to either one of you can answer. Um, what? Do you, how do you? How would you address that? How have you, have you had any negative experiences on social media? I've tried to keep it real so much so that you know my criticisms might be: I really didn't have to see your grandchild throw up on Easter. Um, <laughs> so I think um, I do my own um, because. My personality is so uh, different, and I dip into so many different areas. So um, I think so much is false that's out there. I think people pump themselves up too much. And um, I, I will be honest with you, because I do YouTube and I'm so close on camera, it's not that... Um, I don't mind being 70, and I don't mind not covering up all the wrinkles and the, the liver spots. Did you want to see them closer? Okay. <laughs> all the age spots. <laughs> I, I try not to worry about that, but I do try do and soften it. people say stuff like that? No, I did. Many years ago, I did a video for uh, uh, someone, and the person wrote, oh, well, it has to do with a bra again. Said The person wrote, she probably should get a better bar, bra. Really? Wow. And I wow. thought, wow, wow. <laughs> I didn't take it personally because, you know, I had a good bra on. But, um, yeah, so that kind of stuff, I don't find that any longer. And my YouTubes are very, you know, they're businesslike, even though I don't care if my hair sticking up, whatever. I, I'm all about real. Right. Are you, Laura? Uh, yeah. Which Yours are guess. real. And Clarence, I think, is also very real. I don't have any fake stuff. No. No, there's no sense in it. They'll figure it out. No. If, and know, Nancy, eventually. what do you think? Have you had any negative responses? Someone's like, why do you talk about wine every day? I think no, it's hilarious. Actually, but. because I do so much with humor, it ends up making yeah. people generally agreeable and happy. And then in the women's group, when I post, it's usually inspirational or motivational or, or something about a trip, you know, or a family or dog picture or something. So most of it's pretty positive. And I, you know, obviously we stay away from things that are super controversial. I don't want to bring that in. And we do monitor that Facebook group pretty close. If somebody's going to come in with something that isn't appropriate or negative, we just, you know, kick it out. I've, I think I've only had one or two actual haters. And it was just something about, one of them was, I think, actually grammar. But it was because oh, yeah. it, was a, the grammar. it was a quote, so, so I didn't want to change it. I, I understood that the grammar wasn't perfect, but that was what made the quote. And I just... Had to right. let the gal know. No, it's just it's just a quote. It's just for fun. Yeah, do. we don't we don't get we don't get angry. No. You know, the, it's the old story. People say, "Oh, you know, it's because they're jealous." And I'm thinking, I don't know. Um, and and then you know what I found at, during COVID and a little bit after people went off 
social media for a while. I think politics became, Some did, yeah. you know, Some did. difficult. They went off and said, you know, I'll come back when things calm down or I don't know. Uh, Clarence, how about you? How do you look at it? I mean, I look at all your stuff. Um, you have, I think, like I said, I was talking to, uh, Wendy last week. And if you're going to be in social media, you, there's going to be criticism. You could be doing all the right things. And there's mm-hmm. somebody who's going to have something to say, mm-hmm. but I, I can honestly say about 90% of it's all good. You're always going to have somebody. And it's mostly, it's mostly stupid stuff. I don't like your shirt. I mean, it just stuff you're like. Did you even so listen to the yeah, thing? Like that, that's yeah. all you got out of that was that shoe or why yeah. would you bother? <laughs> well, that's more about them than you. So yeah. once mm-hmm. you figure that out, it's yeah. a lot easier to navigate it. And you True. just keep moving on, kill them with kindness, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so sure. actually if you're not having negative people, then you're probably not making an impact. You know? Well then no one's watching you or reading. Right. I yeah. agree. Yeah. If you're gonna be a leader, you gotta accept some criticism. That's mm-hmm. just what it is. That's true. True. All right, so ladies, what questions do you have for me? Ooh. Boy, it's always a scary segment. <laughs> you can go ahead and cut all this out once they leave. <laughs> I have questions, Nancy. What you, about you? You had questions for me last time. I do. I still okay. do. So, Clarence, um, since we realize, and your listeners, your avid listeners like us, realize that um, fit over 40 has to do with um, nutrition and exercise and obviously because you look like one of my nfl guys you you work out so that's part of you and then you are in the mortgage industry sure correct Mm -hmm. and then i think there's a third thing besides the podcast or maybe there's a fourth what is your background that brought you to invest your time and money in your into these different Hmm, How was that really journey? good question? God, that journey started a long time ago. Um, just really just starting off as a trainer, um, just wanting to, I think everybody says the same thing. I want to make a change. I really didn't. I really wanted to help people who hired me. I started off with aerobic champions with some of my first clients. Really? Yeah, a lot of people don't know about aerobic champions where they would go do the routines and do uh-huh. a little bit. So those are some of my first clients. And then that translated later into some sports guys and, uh, some gymnastics. I used to be a gymnast years ago, believe it or not. So oh, I worked with oh, some gymnasts. Wow. And um, that kind of morphed into, uh, I really started getting into nutrition because I really started to see how important that was. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I don't know how fit over for it. I, I kept trying to, all my business coaches were like, you got to find a niche. Mm-hmm. You got to find something you can do. And I thought, what would my niche be? It's funny because I'm like, like you said, I'm not, women don't look at me and go, I want to look like him. But all my clients normally are women. women. And I'm sure. like, well, they don't want to look like me. So I got to figure out what this is. And then I was playing around with some ideas and I just thought, you know what? Everybody's going to be over 40 at some point. So I'll never have a, I'll have an endless supply of clients. Mm-hmm. And so that's how that concept came up, and it's been pretty good. And then the whole mindset from my personal coaching has really helped people. Because a lot of this, people know if you put a Twinkie in your mouth, it's not good for you. Yes. It is, so you don't need to say that. You don't right. need to say if you eat burgers every day, you're not going to have a physique you want. So it's what's behind you eating the burger every day, and that's the mindset piece. So you start with the mindset, and I'm fortunate now that I can pick and choose who I work with. You know, when That's I started, I, I had to take everybody because, sure. like, you need money. Um, so now it's more mindset. And it's funny. I get a lot of professional women and men now. Usually their spouses come along. And it, they're dealing with stuff that's not even gym-related. It's just stress and figuring out what's important and priorities. And once you can get that, exactly. the weight loss and whatever else they want to do is easy. 
That's interesting. So how do you, percentage-wise, how do you spend your time between mortgages, um, the gym, so to speak, and the interviewing process? It, it sounds like you're in the gym often with your clients. or Not really. That's, tell- that's the smallest piece, to be honest Really? Yeah. Because now with the internet, you can coach people online. You can set up programs for them to follow. You know, I spend, I would say, 20% of my time is in the gym. I have a few clients in the morning that they're serious, and I have a couple in the evening, but it's very small compared to some of those other people mm-hmm. who are doing that. Because I've been doing it so long, I'm like, I don't want to do this forever, you know? Right. And so, and then as far as podcasting, that's just me wanting mm-hmm. to talk to interesting people. Mm-hmm. So that's easy. So, you know, one hour a week. We're going to eventually go to every day of the week because we'll just pick some subject to talk about so it won't be as in-depth as like what we're doing right now interesting how long does it take do you think when you take on a new client and it is about their mindset and the stress is there a time frame that you feel like they kind of finally get it i would say a minimum 90 days okay because the first month they're sore they're getting used to how they Mm -hmm. feel changing up how they're eating the second month, they start to see some results, and then the, the, the last 30, it's cemented in. You know? But again, the clientele I have, they may just be getting over a divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to get, get mm-hmm. back out there. You mm-hmm. know? It could be I'm having a baby. You know, I want to get in better shape. Or it could be like the very successful CEO who's like, you know, I'm like, and I just start, you've made all this money. It's the same principles. Let's just reverse it and make it about fitness. So it's really different. Or I have some elderly clients that are just wanting to walk. There, it's not always, people think personal training is about losing weight. Sometimes it's just, I may become re- recovering from an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I may be, had a fall. I need to get rehab to get back just to normal. But a lot of it is really just, I want to get my life together. You know, or they get a, a scary note from the doctor. Oh, yeah. Oh, that has to be really so, rewarding, though, because you oh, can see yeah. the transformations, and I'm sure they just are so thrilled. Yeah. And most of my clients I've had an average of about 15 years, so they're not in it. I don't take oh, the wow. person who wants to lose five pounds. That's a waste of time. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, so. Definitely. That's, so from a, a childhood, tell me a little bit about, you know, we shared. Um, what is it? Any challenges? Oh, my God. Of course I had challenges. Oh, you did? Well, (laughs) we look at you and we go, that man has no challenges. Yeah, Yeah, that's a whole other two hours. But, um, (laughs) I mean, you know, uh, I had a single mom who worked, put herself through college and got a nursing degree. And um, I was cooking because I was the oldest. And I wasn't the oldest, but I was the more responsible. I have a sister who's two years older than me, but she was doing whatever she was doing. So I actually, my cooking started with my mom would say, do make this, make this. And she would be at work and I'd manage homework with my brothers and sisters. And um, and then again, when you're out and when you're by yourself as a young man, you find role models that aren't always positive, but Mm -hmm. you admire them because you think, oh, I want that. I want Mm -hmm. that car. I want those women looking at me. And, you know, that's the role modeling you're getting. So I've had a lot of challenges. Have you? And yeah. Are you, you, but you must be very proud of yourself. You've come out of this. So, um, I actually sat well. in front of a real estate board in Colorado and they talked to me for 90 minutes. That's why I'm dressed like this today. Yeah. Really? On Zoom, we had to get my Colorado uh, mortgage license. Yeah. Because oh they have a different process. You have to sit in front of the, their version of the real estate board and they grill you on everything. Mm-hmm. They, they investigate everything. Is that right? Yeah. Well, obviously, you'll get your I, I got certificate, license. Yeah, your license. Fine. Congratulations. Good. It was a long talk, yeah. but I got it. <laughs> That's Good. interesting. Yeah, so. It sounds like you have a very soft spot for women uh, because of your mom. And, and have you been, are you married? Have you been married? Do you want I've to be married? married? Oh, I don't 
know. I don't know if if I got ten years escape, that's a long run. I don't know if I'm coming back. <laughs> no. Um I, you know it's funny, if you would asked me that two years ago, I would have said no, but I'm not opposed to it. But marriage is like combining income and you know, there are a lot of legal challenges, so I don't know if I would I don't know. I think I mean, listen, if you're married and you're happy and it's working great, but I think you could have a partner without that. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh totally totally agree. But yeah, I was okay. It was great. I actually hated getting a divorce, but it was the best thing. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I think for um, when we divorced in the beginning, I was like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Where do I go? I mean, he was always supportive. Obviously, I wouldn't have married him again. Um, And I thought uh, when we've talked later on, I said, you know, it's probably the best thing that ever happened. The children got to see a very strong mom. in that sense, it made me go out and pivot and, and change what I wanted to do and uh, more confidence and put me in the position where I'm very comfortable. We get married again. And yeah, so some positives can come out of that, right? I think, well, I know people have had affairs and they ended up getting back together. I mean, it's all communication. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's good if you can do it. I looked at some of my past relationships and we're, Sure enough, now we would probably get back together if we just mm-hmm. sat down and talked about it. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that's kind of the case. Do you feel like the dynamic is much different now, Kathy? It is, and and I always say it's because we got married so young. I was 20, he was 22. I can honestly say I think we were young. We waited to have children, but we were young. And the second time we had over the 10 years we were divorced, he called every day to make sure I was okay. And I met his girlfriends. Um, he never <laughs> met any of mine because, yeah, your we weren't going to go there. Boyfriends. Well, my boyfriend. <laughs> I was going to say, wow, yeah, you guys were. <laughs> he didn't know. I didn't, I didn't go that way. But, um, yeah, so it, it was, we became friends, Nancy, which should have been you what know, it was so, in the so beginning. I'm so glad you say that. I don't think people start off as friends. I agree. They get into, they you're, the, you're the husband, you're, I'm the wife, or yep. you're the boyfriend. And they, they're not friends because right. it's easier to walk away from someone that's not a friend than someone who's your friend. Right. You know, and then you learn their nuances, and then you don't take things they do personally. Correct. And then you can decide if this is for me or not. I agree. So. Now, Nancy, you met Greg in College. college and we actually were friends for yes. years Those first relationships you usually have a better the scary track. part is when you make that leap and then you're like oh i'm either gonna lose a really good friend right. or or this <laughs> or is gonna, gonna be, be great. good and that turned out to be a good thing yeah. but you guys yeah. are, they're adorable oh thanks for sure. <laughs> but that, i think that does help because you have a lot already under the bridge and you know about each other when you're not trying to impress each other that way exactly Exactly. i did tell a girl who was interested in dating i'm going to start with friends she didn't really want to hear that (laughs) really when i said some of my best relationships have been with just friends yeah start as friends first yeah i think that's true that's interesting well um if you're going to do this podcast every day then you are boy laura you're gonna be busy um you must have a million people that you could invite on. I do right now. We're trying to get them yeah. in. But there's just, it might just be short. It might just be a quick topic about fitness or finances or something. You know, uh, the whole Zoom thing makes it easier to talk to people all around the country. It does. There's no, oh, that's true. Around the country. Or I might just come on and just talk about something, whatever, you know. You could come on by yourself. I could. I've yeah. done it before. Yeah. Oh my well, just all the fitness and financial advice. Yeah. That's a, a lot. 
Yeah, just in that whole arena, there's 30, 40 people I can think of right off the top of my head that have good advice. You know, I also like the stories of redemption, so I'm going to get into that. I like people who had a struggle. Some people just have a great life, and it's boring. I had a great, both my parents went to college, and oh, I worked right. at IBM yeah. and whatever. Okay, right. that's, and I mean, there's nothing wrong yeah. with that, but I nothing want this guy wrong, who right. was struggling and maybe had addiction and yeah. made something out of himself. It's like your book. Yeah, your book that's, it really that's what picked up. I think made the stories kind you of know interesting. What? Nancy, I like the one that Jason Schechterly did, and I don't know if you've been in town. So tell him about Jason, which I think is crazy. Well, he had been a Phoenix police officer, and he does a lot of speaking now, but he'd been in a horrific accident. Do you do know him. Oh, okay. Okay. You know. the Badge Boys, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Know yeah. Him, yeah. So you know. And so Burn, so he's, yeah, that's quite a story. Sure. I mean, that, wow. that's, that's interesting Reinvention. To me. Yeah. Yeah. Real reinvention is very powerful. Yeah, that is true. I agree. So that, to your point about my, I, I don't, I have, I think women are devalued in this, in this world, period. So my thing with women is I love a story. Last, I had Wendy on last week. I think Laura has a good story. I think both of you guys have a good story. So I'm not just interested in just Anybody, I need a story. Like, would you overcome? Because your story can help somebody else. So I agree. That's I, more. And I was raised by a single mom, and I do. And actually, when I train single women, I do give them a discount. Oh, that's awesome! Is that right? So, that is that's interesting. It yeah. is. Do you have a um, a nonprofit that you're very passionate about? Um, I've toyed with the idea of starting, but I don't even know where I'd find two minutes to even get into that. <laughs> no. I'd be more than happy to be a part of it, but I don't yeah. know if I would do it myself at this point. That's interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. And the fact is that I don't know if people realize podcasts, unlike ter- terrestrial radio, um, many times, I mean, you this comes out of your pocket. It's not where you have a, a sponsor. Well, we, we have sponsors. You know, you get to okay, the Okay, well, you just ruined what I was going to no, say. No, I was going to put you on this like, pedestal, and now uh, you're like, well, I, okay. Trust me, I, that pedestal can still be there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think that, this is passion for you. Oh, I enjoy talking. Right, Nancy, we always talk about passion. Right, you need to follow that. Well, you've been doing this for a little while, right? A little over a year, but I've been talking to people. For, I mean, yeah. when you're a trainer, you, it's yeah. you're doing therapy. It's beyond that the is physical true. Party. It's like a hairdresser, right? Dental right. hygienist. I know, I got lots yeah. of oh, yeah, that's right. Dental hygienist. <laughs> You'd be shocked what they do. Oh yeah. And your hands are in their mouth. I don't. Right. Know. I don't. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. <laughs> That's a, that's that a good one, Nancy. Yes, I like that. So, <laughs> your hands are in their mouth. How are we doing on time, guys? Just so we're good. Okay, cool. All right. Um, all right. So this is good. I do have a couple more questions. So I'm a fan of women with shoes, nice shoes. So just so you know. So when you go pick out a shoe, what is your? I'm gonna start with you first, and you because I've okay. seen you in good shoes. Uh, what What is your thought process when you buy a shoe? Like for guys, we could buy just a color, like black or brown. It's a sneaker. It's a boot. It's pretty simple. But women, you guys have a whole. It matches my hair. It matches my <laughs> outfit. It's strappy. It's it's not. What's your thought, Frank? Because I've seen some of your stuff, and you have really nice shoes. Thank, yes, you. Thank you. I do love shoes. Um, I have a daughter that's thirty, and she's kind of a big influence that way too. So I sometimes have to run it by her and say, "Are these too funky, or are these going to be okay?" But I just, I love heels and I can't wear a five inch heel anymore and be comfortable. So I do take that into consideration. They're shorter, but no, I love them. And if they're in all colors and animal prints, the more the better. So let's you play like a open game. toe shoes. You like open toe shoes. I do like shoes. open toe shoes. shoes are good. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Well, when so, you have nice feet like ours. You don't think you have nice feet? Oh, well, no, I, I think I do. <laughs> I just don't. 
you know, I just don't. Yeah, that's well, they're more comfortable. Thing. Having nice feet is important. It is. I do I think, think so. Yeah. Some yeah. of these girls who post their little beach pictures, I'm like, whoa. Whoa, yeah. Let's get some kids and bury I those know. toes in the sand. I, I, I agree with you. Pedic- yeah, get <laughs> pedicures, right. I get pedicures, so if I'm getting pedicures, I definitely should get pedicures. Uh, you're right. All right, so let's play a little word game. I'm going to oh, say boy. say a name, and if it resonates with you, tell me if you know the brand. Okay. Chimichu. you. Yes. Oh wow, it's quick. Do you know? Never you owned. I know, but I would. I don't yeah. own. Red bottom. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, you two are on it. Okay. All right. So, what's your thought process when you buy a shoe? I mean, you're in a different world. I think that Nancy is. So, what what is your process? So, I've always worn heels because I was short, mm-hmm. and uh, and I always and working in New York City, we would wear sneakers, you know, because we were on the trains and then we were on the subways, etc. Sure. And we're walking, but I always change into heels. Um, and I write about in my book, which has red high heels on it, is that for me, it gave me confidence. And I know for a fact that a woman's leg always looks better and longer, okay, in, in, in a heel. And I certainly wanted that. Um, of course, since what I'm doing now, I like to buy red shoes, but you know, a leopard pattern can't go by that either. I don't do as many open toe. Um, and I think it's because I like more red, so I need to have it covered. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And because I'm short, I don't do straps around my ankle because it will shorten the leg. Wow, this is fascinating. Um, well, when so I'm much. challenged height-wise, so I'm 5'2". 5'2", okay. Five and two. Nancy, how tall are you? 5'6". Okay. Yeah, so with heels, she's she like my big sister. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so what about well, you? Um, I don't wear heels. Uh, <laughs> sure. How tall couple, are you? Five yeah. eleven. Okay. Uh, I don't. I do have some boots that have heels in them, but it's just like, what the shoe is. I don't go like I need a heel. Not by design. Yeah. Okay. Right. right. Exactly. Um, actually, um, when when I was in the gym all the time, I would just find, try to find shoes that are comfortable because mm-hmm. you're on your feet all day. You mm-hmm. know, um, some dress shoes, which I've heard some funny stories from women where they will take the pain just to wear a really nice pair of shoes. And like, you know, they carry the purse with the flip flops in it. So as soon as they uh, get a chance to get their that. shoes yeah. off, they're in the flip flops to let their feet breathe. Um, <laughs> both of you two are healthy. What do you do to take care of yourself? Since it's fit over 40, what do you oh, guys do to take care of yourself? She's a big health. Go ahead. Tell them what you do. What's your regimen to stay healthy and vibrant and alive in this crazy world? Um, I do exercise most every day. You know, I might skip one on the weekend. I'm usually big on hiking, but this time of year it's a challenge. Do you think curling wine glasses is an exercise? Would you advocate uh, for that? I think that could be a good addition. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it will build any muscle, but it's fun. So there's that. I, actually, a long time ago, I kind of adopted after doing every kind of class and having millions of coaches, I guess, um, given my schedule now that I'm juggling three different things. I've actually found that if I can work out at home in the morning sure. using a tape or an online class, I can whip it out in you know, 30, 40 minutes, and that way I know it will be done, and I don't have to drive anywhere. And that I've pretty much adopted that for the last few years, and it's sure. worked really well. And then if I can get outside, okay. I'll do that too. So, Kathy, what do you do to stay healthy and fit? Uh, not much. Uh, <laughs> You're just born no, with a, Maybe it's no, Maybelline. No. Oh, I go in the pool with weights, um, but only, like, I'll tell my husband, because I, I can't swim. You so can't swim? I, I mean, I can, but I don't want to. Um, <laughs> so I will call. I go, Manny, I'm going in the pool to exercise. Check on me. And he goes, yeah. And I go, he goes, fine. I go, so just, you know, check on me. So 
I come back in in five minutes. And he goes, what happened? I go, oh, I'm done exercising. <laughs> so <laughs> he doesn't very even, quick. He doesn't even check on me. So I do weights in the water. and, and But that's not helping me. I stay as close away from carbs as I can. Um, but that's it. Um, and I, I mean, and I don't drink, so I don't have the sugar so from the wine because she's fun to be with and she stays in shape. <laughs> you don't try to influence her with a glass of wine. Oh, sure. <laughs> she I tempt her all the time. Try this, try yeah, this. Yeah. I've gotten I, her to take a few sips. Yeah. I do go to her wine. I do go to the Scottsdale wine, um, events. I'll go there for sure, it, but they don't know if I have seven up in my, you know, it's true. Yeah. I say yeah. it's white. What do I know? So what about mental health? What do you do to keep yourself focused? Do you meditate, yoda? Do you have any practices that you involve yourself in? You know, I'll be honest. I've thought about meditating so many times and tried it, and I've just never stuck with it enough to be compliant. Um, Really what works for me sounds silly, but it's just being around my family. Mm -hmm. I mean, that just resets me every time. So, you know, both of my adult children live here, and we see them most weekends, and that's just huge. So if I have that, I'm usually... On a pretty much even playing field. That that helps a lot. But it's true. What about you, Kathy? Um, I do, I can't meditate. I've tried. My mind's all over the place. I've played music. I've done lots of stuff it, that doesn't work. But to what Nancy said is, my grandchildren live close. I have nine of them, and that's a relief for me to just go and play with them and act goofy just like them, and then that resets me. I usually will do a thing that I've learned over the years, and it is five minutes before bed, five minutes when you wake up. And you don't always do it. Sometimes you get in bed and you just fall asleep. But what you do is think of this, like your alarm goes off and you're immediately up. And then the world's going, you're in traffic, you're trying to get where you're going, versus just getting up for five minutes and just laying there, breathing, being grateful, setting your affirmations. And then um, at night, doing that same thing, but it switches to forgiving something that's bad that's happened to you. And I'm using bad as a big term. That's a great idea. Someone cut you off in traffic or you had a deal that didn't go the way you thought it was going to go. So you rest peacefully versus going to bed, angry, aging yourself. You know what I mean? So in meditation, I'm like you guys, meditation is hard. No, Because your mind's like, close your eyes. I'm like, oh, I forgot to set this. I got to feed the puppy. Your mind's like, it's never over. Oh, I, I like that. The grateful piece is really good. I have done that, mm-hmm. not as consistently. I've the, but just it, for, over the few, last few years to be grateful is yeah. very important. Because a lot of people don't have a lot of things. And mm-hmm. just to have what you have, you know. Right. Perspective, for sure. Wow, that is, I'm going to do that. <clears throat> so do you, either of you ladies do TED Talks or motivational speaking? Because you guys all both have great stories. It'd be great Go ahead, to see. tell them what we're thinking of doing. Well, we're putting together some uh, mastermind-type things that we're going to do for the gals in our women's group, and that will involve kind of public speaking, and it'll probably be, you know, online, Zoom-type. Have you two done public speaking before? Mm-hmm. Kathy, more than I. Yeah. Does yeah. it make you nervous to get in front of a, an audience? And Mm-mm. No? And if I'm not prepared, well, actually... I think that um, impromptu, I'm okay, but I'm much better knowing what... I I had this discussion yesterday with a a speaker, is that, and he, I mean, he basically said to me, your humor is not going to help you forever, but Nancy knows that when I'm lost for words or something doesn't come to me, I insert humor, and sometimes it's not funny, but I'm able to get through it in a comedic way, Mm -hmm. but that's not 
the way it should be. That's what he was telling oh, me yesterday. I think yesterday. it's great. She's like a stand-up comedian. But do you have bullet points with you? Do you have notes when you're oh, talking? Oh, I, I will have bullet points. I don't okay. like to look at them, but I'll have bullet points. So um, if I know the subject or I'm comfortable with it, obviously I'm better at speaking. I took Toastmasters 25 years ago, and then acting lessons really helped. Mm-hmm. And that's... And Either that or if you're going to be a public speaker, go to... Um, there are comedian workshops where they teach you to just be funny on stage. <laughs> Yeah, I and went it's to good watch for someone public, there. Public speaking, mm. yeah. Because if you're not afraid to laugh at yourself, and you know, yeah, that's remember that sure. book, pretend you're naked on stage. Yes. So you just take all that fear away. Yeah. You know, you're just because people, if you're motivating, you got something to say, they're going to listen to you. You know. But I try. I start like last night when it was all those different dealerships online and Zoom, and I only knew them from LinkedIn. I didn't know them, and one was the vice president of a company that is interested in doing stuff with me. I was not nervous. But what happened was I tried to be way sophisticated. Oh. And I was like, oh, yes, I think that's a great idea. And um, I think Carvana will probably dissolve. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. Either a glass fell off my desk while I was on the Zoom. I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> oh, God. And it was good. No one in, and then it was like everybody, we all loosened up. And, and pardon me for saying that. I don't mean that. But, yeah, so that's where... You know, I tried. So where can people find you, too, if they want some of your magic? <laughs> Any wine bar. Any wine bar. Yeah, Nancy, just local wine bar, total wine and more. Yeah, just show up for the wine bar. Go ahead, Nancy. Well, we where have can the, people find you? Well, we have the Facebook group, which is sure. the Women 360. And then, can anybody join? Do they have to be vetted? or can anybody You're a join? member. I know. I'm they can ask to join, the and then we let them in, most likely. And you ask some questions like some groups you join, they're like yeah. really basic, yeah, yeah, just really basic. Do you like stuff. wine? Which kind? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Can then, you breathe? Yeah, can you breathe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can you breathe? You're, yes. you're in. And then the wine club is the Scottsdale Wine Club, yeah. also is a Facebook group. So, those are but both. that's starting a membership, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That'll starting be cool. A VIP membership That'll now. Cool. So, yeah, that's kind of another element of it. But and they both have websites. So we have yeah. scottstillwineclub.org and thewomen360.com. Yeah. And last but not least, Kathy, how can people oh, find you? Oh, they can, gosh. Um, hercertified.com or, yeah, or on social media, hercertified or Kathy Droz, or call you. Yeah, that's true. Tell them how to get in touch. I got it. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, ladies. It's been a pleasure mm, meeting thank you. you in person, Nancy. You thank know. you for having me. Again, Kathy, coming back. Thank we you. appreciate it. I appreciate you inviting me back. And we'll see back. you guys next week on Fit Over 40 with Coach Clarence. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Fit Over 40 with Coach Clarence. You can follow me on all platforms where you get your podcasts. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Just type in Fit Over 40 with Coach Clarence. You can also find me on YouTube at Coach Clarence TV. Like and subscribe so that you get all the videos as soon as we drop them. And last but not least, remember the golden rule. If you can't be good, be good at it.